0: There'd be a part two for my ghost stories. And uh here it is. Here it is. Here it is. <laughs> Finally, um
1: uh, yeah, yeah. as all of you know, Corinne is the most haunted of the two of us. Corinne is the most haunted girl of two girls, one ghost, which is the most haunted podcast in America.
0: But you're the closest to being a ghost, not because you'll die before me, well, but probably. because you're so Connected to your spirit.
1: I'm working on it. So,
0: you're the girl and the ghost, but don't tell Sven I said that.
1: (laughs) Well, there's a lot of ghosts. There's a lot of not just one.
0: But I have a lot of ghost stories, and I told you a lot about my haunted childhood. Mostly stories, some from New Hampshire, many from Vermont. But I moved to California, which is where I met Sabrina, and I've got a boatload of ghost stories from Cali. Yes, you do. Sabrina, you're a part I of. I was gonna one. say, I feel like
1: I am in part of some.
0: Okay, well, maybe I'll just start from the beginning. Okay. Of moving to Loyola Marymount University. And I lived in the dorm called Waylon. You lived in Delray South. North? Delray yeah. North? Delray North. So if there's anyone from <laughs> LMU listening, <laughs> there Wait, you go. Just a Your places are haunted. Brief side
1: note I went back to campus for the alumni barbecue. Over the summer, and there are some new ca- new dorms that truly look like fancy, bougie apartment complexes.
0: What the hell? I know I had vomit stained curtains. Yes, yeah, in my dorm. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to say I'm jealous because I'm happy that it gets <laughs> improved and that other people get to experience a better version of those dorms. But man, they were updating all the buildings when we were there, but not the dorms. But now I guess they've moved on. Yep. But you actually were in the newer dorm compared to mine. Yeah, I had I think AC, I was like, which was nice. I was in one of the oldest. Yes, you had a lot of bells and whistles. I was in basically, it was thought of as like the worst dorm you could be. Well, in, yours and Rose's. <laughs> in Kranz. terms of.
1: There were the two.
0: They were just super, super old. Maybe they've been redone since. I no, don't know. But they were. They haven't. They were untouched. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's how it but was. But they were social. So I moved into Wayland. They were fun. They, they, yeah. Cause, well, because I feel like the dirtier the place, the more of a party place yeah. it tends to be because people don't care about keeping it their places tidy. You were know? you the? They don't respect it as much. Were you the fourth floor? Third floor. I don't
1: think there okay, was a fourth floor. Okay. So third floor. floor and you were all the way at the end on the right, on the left.
0: Yeah. I uh-huh. remember
1: your room. Yes.
0: Perfectly. That's where I was. I was far away from the bathroom. So in the (laughs) middle of the night when I had to pee, it was a journey. Ah. (laughs) But so I lived in Whalen and my roommate was Jenny. Mm -hmm. I love Jenny. She was such a good roommate. And directly across from us were Marissa, who has been on this podcast and spoken a few times, and Brianna. And so the four of us basically like often had our doors open and would always talk to each other. And so they, all three of them witnessed a lot of the paranormal activity that I also experienced or experienced some alone as well. So we all knew this place was haunted. My first experience in Wayland was in the bathroom. So in this dorm, nobody had their own bathroom. There wasn't like a bathroom that was split between a few rooms. It was just one communal bathroom Ten. that was smack dab in the middle of all of the hallways. And you all just came to this communal bathroom that had like six bathroom stalls. And like three showers yeah. for how many and girls? Three yeah. It wasn't <laughs> great. It wasn't great. But it worked. And I didn't really care. I was like barely 18, yeah. <laughs> living on my own. Woo! But anyway, there was a night where I had to go to the bathroom and it wasn't even in the middle of the the night. It was like, I don't know, 10 p.m. or something. And I go into the bathroom and no one else is in there. So I'm the only one. And it's very, it's very clear that you're the only one because you can see the whole bathroom while you're yeah. in there. So I'm in a stall. I choose the very first stall. And so all the other stalls are to the side of me. So if anyone else came into the bathroom to use the stall – I would hear them. I would see them. And that's what happened. Someone came in and I watched their feet go by underneath the stall. A little like white nightgown-ish draping on the side. And I was like, oh, interesting. And they're, they're going. And then I don't hear them get into a stall. I don't hear anything else once they pass. And so I was like, that's weird. Or they just kind of standing outside the bath, Like, are they waiting for me to leave so that they can poop in peace, you know, sort of thing? And so then when I got out of the bathroom, which was moments later yeah. because I wasn't spending much time in there. This was just a pee break. <laughs> I opened the door and there's no one in there. But I saw the bare feet, which also was gross. Yeah, I was going to say. You didn't walk in there with bare two feet. Two red flags, bare feet and a white nightgown. Well, I mean, there were plenty of people that wore like oversized t-shirts or 90s, but ones that go all the way to your ankles. No, just above. That's spooky. Dusting the floor, basically. Yeah, that was very spooky. So I was like, "Holy shit, I saw a ghost!" And I mean, I had my whole history of seeing spirits, so I didn't say anything. <laughs> I didn't run back to my dorm room. I was just like, "Just oh, another day." That in was interesting. Kren's life. Just another day. I guess this place is haunted too. And then. The group experience I had in my dorm room, me and Jenny were in our rooms and Jenny was at her desk. And so the way that the room was set up was we had our two beds, the desks were right next to it. And so we slept basically facing each other. But if we were both working at our desks, our backs were turned Mm -hmm. to each other. Marissa and Brianna were in the room, all on my side, sitting on my bed. I was sitting at my desk and Jenny was sitting at her desk in her chair and we're all hanging out. We're talking. Jenny has these plastic beads that are draped as decoration, like taped in this kind of draping manner across the top of her desk. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what we said, but it was something that I think warranted a response from someone who who wasn't present. I don't know if we, like, asked the universe something or joked about a spirit. We we said something that got a response that we were not anticipating. It wasn't intended for a ghost to answer. But – the beads, they don't just gently move like wind. They start boom, boom, slapping. Like, like someone's holding them and it's like <laughs> throwing them. Jenny runs. She sprints and gets onto my bed. And then we're all like, ah! and we go across to Marissa and Brianna's room. And we are flipping Shit, because that was so scary, and it was all of us together. So of course you you absorb everyone right. else's energy, and you're like, this is so super
1: scary. freaked out. Yeah, at least you're with super people, though. Out. So it's like, okay, we all experienced that. We all acknowledge that that happened. Yeah, and can confirm it. And
0: poor Brianna. Brianna's super Catholic, and Catholics do believe in. I mean, if you look at like the earliest versions of the Bible before they were rewritten. 400, 500 years ago or whatever. Like, there were stories of reincarnation and, and things like that. But I mean, let's talk about she's Jesus. Today's today Catholic. <laughs> yeah. Brought back from the dead. Yes. Where she's scared of ghosts. Yeah. Like, she doesn't want to believe in them. And yet she started to experience all of these things when we were in college. So she was scared shitless. That's your fault. Marissa was scared. I feel like that's on you. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I, I blame Marissa for all of these things because she also came from that's a haunted true. house. Like, she had the... Her house had a big grandfather clock that in the month of October, the clock would go backwards. And that was the month that the person who had previously owned the house had died. Yeah. And they brought it to different people and no one could fix it. There was no explanation as to why this clock was doing it. So she had her own spooky mm-hmm. past. Jenny didn't, though. So we had Brianna <laughs> and Jenny who were just like, what the hell is happening? And me and Marissa who were like, oh my God, there's ghosts here. Poor Jenny's like, so- who is my roommate? What have I gotten myself <laughs> into? And I was wild and immature. We both were. So she, and she was so much more. She was an adult together. Yeah, she was an adult living with me. So <laughs> she, I always have such fond memories of Jenny, and have so much love in my heart for her. I have no idea if it's reciprocated. Uh, you guys were such good friends. She, it's of course I reciprocated. Think, yes, we were good friends. Yeah, maybe, but she, yeah, she saw a lot through me. <laughs> Um, anywho, so this stuff is happening. And then Sabrina, this is your part where, what, a month or two Mm -hmm. in, I get a text from you that I need to bring over all of my ghost busting products that I have with me. So
1: I'll tell my part and then you can tell yours.
0: And we've definitely talked
1: about this on the podcast before. So as everyone knows, Corinne and I met first week of college and immediately bonded over the fact – well, Crin's fun fact was that you grew up in a haunted house. So, like, I immediately whipped my head over to Corinne, and I'm like, you. You.
0: <laughs> bonded for life now. Mine. You can't escape me. You're
1: mine. <laughs> um, so, we bonded over that very, very quickly. And then, yeah. So, about a month or two into college, my roommate was out of town or, like, at a concert or something like that, Lexi – and I get a text from her and it says, please don't die. And I was like, what? And I was so freaked out. I texted her back. I was like, are you okay? What do you, what do you mean? And she like sent back a question mark. I was like, what are you talking about? And so I screenshotted the text to her and I sent it to her. And she was like, I didn't send that. And so she sent me her text <sighs> messages. That text did not exist in her like sent at all. And I just got got so uneasy and I was alone in my room. This, you know, who knows if it was a technological issue, if there was something present. I don't know. But Lexi
0: was also very religious too. So it wasn't even something she would ever say
1: to you. Yeah. And it also seemed concerning. It was
0: very ominous.
1: Like it was like, it was almost like something's going to happen. Like, please don't die or like stay safe. So maybe it was something saving, like a warning. Anyway, I immediately texted you, Corinne, and I was like, where are you? What are you doing?
0: I need you. (laughs) I grabbed my briefcase. I'm like running over with my kit.
1: Literally a briefcase. (laughs) You had a briefcase.
0: (laughs) No, I didn't actually have a briefcase. I don't. What did I throw it in? I don't remember, okay. but I, I brought over everything I My
1: had. narrative, and I I'm, I I totally probably rewrote this into just imagining it the way that I wanted to, but I imagined, I remember you bringing a briefcase over, plopping it on the bed, unlocking each latch, pulling it open to reveal your collection of things.
0: You know what? This might not be a missed memory because... <laughs> I do know what case you're talking about, <laughs> and I, maybe it's in my childhood home in Vermont right now. But maybe I have. I it in really California do think you me. did. <laughs> okay. Well, materials were unveiled, <laughs> and I just smoked the shit out of that room and everything. We set our intentions, yep. and everything seemed to go. fine I think I after still
1: that. came back to Waylon with you. I was like, you know what? I'm going to come hang with you until Lexi's back. Yeah.
0: It's very scary, but honestly, I feel like this experience is what started my reputation as someone who you call when you've got ghosts in your dorm. Who are you going to call? Who are you going to call? It, it was me. Because our sophomore year, I moved into a dorm called McKay and also shit yeah. the <laughs> stick, party dorm, ugliest, oldest. <laughs> I think that one I was on. Maybe I was on the top floor of that one, too. So both times I was on the fourth floor of McKay. I didn't know anything about McKay. We'd never heard a haunted reputation about McKay at all. But the very first day we're moving in and our friend Chase is moving into the first floor. Mm -hmm. I'm moving into the fourth floor. I get a call. Chase walked into his dorm room to set up his stuff. And there was a girl standing there in the middle of his room. And he went, oh, because he was about to say, like, oops, sorry is this the wrong dorm? Disappears. The girl just vanishes. So he's super scared. And I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say (laughs) to to help you through this? And he was like, I don't know. Like, maybe I'm sure I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And we kind of left it at that. We're like, okay, if anything else happens, just let me know. But otherwise, hopefully it was just a – Spirit that didn't realize summer break was over and that people were moving in, so I move into which the fourth floor makes me
1: just enjoy the idea that this spirit in summer months is like
0: has the whole School, building to so, itself. So. Yeah, yeah. All the ghosts are just having a grand old yeah. time on LMU's campus, all college campuses, I'm sure, yeah. in the summer when everyone's gone. Definitely, but I <laughs> move into my <laughs> dorm room. And my roommate is Jenny, and Marissa and Brianna are also our roommates in the other room. So we basically had the same setup that we had right. in Wayland, but this time instead of a hallway dividing us, we had a bathroom dividing yep. us. So we were considered one dorm room, but we each had a different side. So Jenny and I were paired on one side, Marissa and Brianna were on the other. We very we're very social. So we very rarely closed the doors to the bathroom. Yeah. We would just frequently walk between the two and if you came home and you heard someone in the other room you would immediately go and start talking right. to them it Was that sort of setup? and pretty quickly all of us started to experience coming back to our room hearing the other people like i would hear marissa and jenny and brianna or like it would seem like their voices in the other room and i would go in there and they wouldn't be there i'd be the only one here and everyone experienced that even jenny who was i feel like jenny was very much like a didn't was just kind of like like, I don't really want to talk about it. I'll listen while you guys are talking about it but like I'm not gonna add any stories to this but even she was experiencing stuff so we all heard what it sounded like almost us being we couldn't really tell if it was us being like mimicked if or if it was just the sound of people our age kind of chatting in a close proximity so we're like oh it must be everyone must be be back and we don't think anything of it you walk the five feet to the noise and then no one's there. That's the weird thing so, is that it's
1: not one voice. It's multiple. Like someone multiple. having a, con-
0: people having a conversation. So. Yeah. Or we would also just hear things too. Like you'd hear stuff on a desk being moved around. Yeah. Like, oh, they must be studying and you go in and there's no one. And even while I was sleeping at night, I would hear things on the desk. And Jenny and I had our room set up so that her bed was a little bit lower. It it was like an L shape of our beds, but mine was lofted Mm -hmm. and hers was lower. So I had like a bird's eye aerial view of the whole room. And I would wake up to these noises and I'd look down and there'd be nothing. And one time I was laying on our futon and I was napping. And I woke up because I felt someone come in the room. I felt a presence and I kind of like fluttered my eyes open and looked. And there was a girl walking by with brown hair up in a ponytail and she was walking by and then sort of like disappeared and it it didn't look like jenny yeah it was clearly someone else and i knew no one else was there and this was Munson, so i knew that there was some sort of ghost in our dorm room so i was just like oh shit i saw her that's her I, and that was the most benign experience compared to what marissa <laughs> experienced i know I, i'm just so storm. curious who this spirit is because we, we've heard
1: lore of a girl at Loyola Marymount dying and like no one finding her body for some time. Mm-hmm. But that's also
0: – is that legend? Is that lore? I don't know. Like there's – Well, we got some confirmation. Okay. Because senior year – so this was after we'd moved out. Jenny didn't live with us anymore. She hadn't lived with us for two years. And Jenny was working at – was it the career center or she was working at, at some sort of office mm-hmm. on, on LME's property. And it shared offices with a few different like departments and groups. And her boss was really good friends with the person who was the head of housing. And it was like two weeks. No, no, no. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. This wasn't senior year. This was two weeks before we left sophomore year. Oh. So we'd spent the entire year in this dorm and two weeks before we move out, jenny overhears the woman from housing talk about the death of a girl that happened on the fourth floor of wayland many years ago she had like a heart attack or, or some sort of complication and jenny's like wait i live on the fourth floor of wayland where what are you saying wait, do you mean mckay where, where was McKay? or sorry sorry m- okay McKay. okay McKay. i was like wait it back, was McKay. Okay. yeah and and if I'm remembering correctly, I think the person was just saying like this woman was saying there was a death in McKay and Jenny was like I live in McKay and the woman was like well this happened on the fourth floor Jenny's like I live on the fourth floor and she's like this happened in room and I can't remember our dorm room number but it happened but in it your was room. it was Marissa and Brianna's room so we were connected to it so it all makes sense it all makes sense and we're very certain that this girl lost her life on Marissa's side of the oh. room because many things happened to Marissa that were a lot more aggressive. And when I say aggressive, I just mean like the energy was very palpable. And there was honestly, maybe it is aggressive. Maybe this woman, this woman was a little bit jealous that mm. Marissa got to like live her life on this side because she would just pass by the rest of us or or like make noise, I guess. But for Marissa, one time Jenny and I we were making our way up to our dorm and when we get in we like went to Iggy's for milkshakes of course so we had like 3000 calorie milkshakes in our hands we're like Mm-mm. right after my tuna melt like <laughs> disgusting college but delicious yeah. i miss that yeah i wish i could still have that that's why i gained 30 pounds in college <laughs> but jenny and i enter the dorm and marissa comes out of the bathroom with her towel and she's like soaking wet and she's like were you, did you guys, were you just in here? Did you just knock? Oh. And You're we like, no, we just got, we literally just walked in 15 seconds before. She was like, okay. And she was really shaken up. And what had happened was she was showering. She was the only one there by herself. And the shower, when you walk into the bathroom that connects the two dorm mm-hmm. rooms, there's another door that gives you access to the toilet and to the shower so that you have some privacy while other people are using the sinks. So she had the door closed. Oh, I didn't know that. Bang, 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 bang. And she's like, startled because she was alone and now the door is being slammed <gasps> like in a really aggressive Ugh. knock and she was like i'm in here i'm in here it happens again and she's like i'll be right out because she's kind of thinking like is there an emergency like what's going on wait okay and just clarification there's no one is there. Is she
1: in there's a door separating the shower from the rest of the bathroom
0: and that's yeah. the door that was being banged on
1: yes oh so it's like inside so the bathroom, in that bathroom. Mm-hmm. oh
0: Yes. So when we walked in, and again, we, we never closed the door from our rooms to the bathroom. We just used the bathroom as like a little mm-hmm. hallway. So when we came in, it obviously concerned Marissa because she like heard the door open. And then immediately it just like flew from her room into ours and was like, when when were you here? And we're like, you're watching it. You're witnessing us arriving. Yeah. Oh, that's so scary. I feel like Marissa. Yes. You,
1: Corinne, you have had a lot of experiences but I feel like Marissa has a lot of scary experiences.
0: Yes. There's a lot that she's targeted. Yeah. <laughs> like, she she is the one that experiences the thing. It's not like she just sees something or hears something. She is – things are happening to her, like on yeah. her. I would her. say it's
1: very fair to call so, it aggressive.
0: It, it was aggressive. Yeah. So she was very shaken up by that experience. There was another time that she was very – Shaken where she woke up. At first, she was like, Is this sleep paralysis? I can't quite understand. But she woke up in that bed and felt like she was being held down. Ugh. So it wasn't just like, Oh, I'm stuck in my body. I'm paralyzed. I'm in the sleep paralysis. It was, there's a weight on top of me and they are holding me down, preventing me from moving. I just, I don't understand what the
1: intent of that is. I mean, okay, there is a version where it isn't malevolent, it is just the energy of the spirit causing the feeling of being held down or perhaps yeah. that's the feeling that this woman, this girl felt when she was, in, you know, in her last moments of life. Yeah. But it totally could be. I just don't want it to be malicious because it's like, what, 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 are they
0: trying? What is the spirit trying to get at? Yeah. And I mean, who knows? Maybe we're attributing all of these experiences to this one girl who passed in this dorm and who I saw walk by, right. and who we all heard, but maybe it is different things. Maybe the feeling of being prep of being held down was, like you said, the feeling that she felt in the last moments. Maybe the banging on the door is some sort of leftover energy of another roommate doing that to oh, get another yeah. roommate out when they realized she had passed away. Ugh. You know, like the panicked state. We don't right. know. We don't know what happened completely. But Marissa did have one other experience in that room, and. Me and Brianna and Jenny were all sitting in Brianna and Marissa's room. And Marissa went to go shower. She comes back 10 minutes later. Who touched my phone? This isn't funny, you guys. This really isn't funny. Who did this? You know I'm scared. And we're like, what are you talking about? We've all been sitting here. We haven't moved an inch. Like, me and Jenny are on the futon. Brianna's on her desk chair. Like, none of us have done Mm -hmm. anything. Like, what are you talking about? Her phone had been opened. And a text message had been written to I can't even remember. It was like a jumbled it, it wasn't anyone. It was like just random numbers and, and letters. But the the text basically said something to the effect of like, hey girl, like do you want to go get lunch? I'm heading to class soon. Let's get together or something. The spirit was making social plans. Okay. On Marissa's phone. Uh one, that makes me sad. But yeah. two it
1: makes me wonder if there's a specific person that the spirit wanted to connect with. Like, hmm. does she have unfinished business? Is there yeah, someone specifically she's trying to communicate with? That's interesting. Right. Like, I know it said it, it was a jumble. It, this whole thing is sad. It's very <laughs> sad. And I know you said it was a jumble of numbers, but what if it was an actual phone number that she remembered?
0: Oh. oh. I wish Marissa had a screenshot. I think there was – I think it was a jumbled of numbers, and then there was, like, one other – Marissa had two text message experiences, so this – I might be confusing things, but I know one of them did have someone's name attached to it, but it was someone that she went to class with. Gotcha. So maybe if it was, like, you know, I'm sending this to Jules or whatever, maybe Jules was someone to right? spirit. Like, they knew someone named, named Jules. Jules. I can't quite remember. But – yeah, so that's I mean stuff was happening so frequently, and that's one of the things that happened. And then me, you, and Izzy <laughs> went into the theater at LMU because it was it's said to be haunted, yeah. and we do feel like it's kind of one where I'm like, oh, did we experience something? Do we not? Because we wanted to. We did. It's an old building, and there's a lot of creaking and noises. And there was but we drinking. We were like, is that footsteps? There was drinking involved. I had many drinks. Yeah. We all did, but it was a good time. It was a great time. And I don't think we were time. supposed so, to
1: be in there, which made it even more fun.
0: No, we weren't. snuck in. in. We so why, why it was so quiet. And we were like, what is yeah. that? Yeah. Are those footsteps on the rafter? If you can hear a spirit, walk again. And then we'd hear like the footsteps. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, it's haunted. I don't know if it actually is. Or it could be, but we didn't. We probably didn't experience yeah, anything. Yeah. But I go home for Christmas break and my beloved dog, Wrinkles, it has to be put down. He had... Mm. I can't remember exactly what it is, but it was like his liver, his so spleen, something ruptured and he was basically internally bleeding Ugh. and so there was no coming back from it. He had to be put down. He was in a lot of pain and um it was horrific. Yeah, so heartbreaking. But I am I'm glad that cry you were this episode, home though. Yes. I know and my dad has said that multiple times. He's like, "I think he waited for you to come home." Oh. Because it happened 2 days after I was or 2 days before I was supposed to go back to California. yeah. But everybody in my family, my parents and my brother, they start experiencing things from wrinkles after he passes. So for six months, they experienced Uh. things. A few months after, I think it was like between four and six months after he passed in our, we call it the big room, but it's our living room. (laughs) Our our living room, the big room, the biggest room (laughs) (laughs) where we gather. The living room um, has a red carpet. And my brother, I know we posted this back in like 2018 or 2017 on our on our Instagram, but my brother took a picture when he walked out there. There were claw marks all down part of the rug, which looked exact – there was no way to replicate this. And obviously, my mom had vacuumed probably right. 30 times since he had passed at this point. And there were these claw marks, which is what Wrinkles used to do. He used to stretch and just uh, stretch his claws out. Good stretch. Good stretch. Twice, my dad felt the couch when he was lying on it, like feet up, completely laying on the couch, felt the couch move back Mm -hmm. a little. Which is exactly what would happen when Wrinkles would shift his weight and, like, lay down at the base of the couch and try to be near my dad for my dad to put his hand over and pet him. and. Everybody heard the clickety, clickety, clickety of his nails on the wood floor. I had many dreams about him. And when I would come home for the summer and for various breaks, my parents were like, we can tell the activities picking up. We can feel him a lot more now. And I felt him multiple times coming into my room. I could hear him. I could feel him. I knew he was in my room. I knew he was right next to my bed, but I couldn't see him. Uh, didn't wrinkles protect so- your family from the other spirits too? Well, that's our theory because wrinkles passed and for the six or so months that he was pretty active in our house, everything else was silent. We didn't experience anything from the other ghosts, So we're like, oh, because he had been spooked a few times. Like there was one time, there was multiple times that he was spooked by spirits in our house. But one time we came home and the sweater had been a sweater that he loved, (laughs) his like little cheetah print fleece sweater that he would wear in the winter had been taken off of him in a room that he never went in and he always slept on the forbidden sofa (laughs) we called it when we were gone he would always be on that sofa no matter what and as he was getting older he wouldn't hear us come home so we would catch him just let him be there until he well he a few times we we caught him and he was so incredibly that we couldn't do it to him again So we would just let him discover us be home. That's so cute. I feel like that's such a dog thing. My family dog.
1: (laughs) Like, there's my mom has a couch that she's like, anytime the dog would get on there, she would say, like, no, get off. And so she learned not to be on the couch. But the second my mom leaves, she is on that couch. The second. Yeah.
0: Yes. It was funny, too, because the couch that we had, our forbidden sofa, was leaned against – it was pushed back against the wall of our front windows, Mm -hmm. the front of our house. So one of the things we would do whenever we were pulling away from the house is what's everyone's bet in the car? The wrinkles will already be on the sofa and looking out the window at us. (laughs) Oh, that's so cute. (laughs) But something took the sweater off of him, must have been concerned for him, and thought he shouldn't have the sweater on him. Um, And that day he waited, shivering with fear, at the back door into our garage waiting for us to get home. So a lot of stuff happened to him. So basically, our theory is he was like, get the F (laughs) out of here, ghosts. You scare me. And now I'm on the same playing level field as you. So.
1: I also wonder if the ghosts went into mourning. Like, they were were so sad that Wrinkles was no longer living with you and the family and that they were like, let's pay our respects And allow Corinne and her family to also mourn the loss of wrinkles and to let's not add to their stresses and sorrows.
0: Right. And to make sure that any paranormal activity that did occur, we would know it was Mm -hmm. wrinkles for sure. Because I feel like most of the spirits that you
1: grew up experiencing in your house were benign. So I like to imagine that they all, you know, were like, they had a little meeting. they got together, they're like, okay, I know you all love yeah. hauntings, but uh we're just going to take a 60-day hiatus.
0: I agree. I agree. Because even when Wrinkles was really spooked about getting his sweater removed... I The way that we pictured it was this spirit was probably like, oh, this poor baby, like, right. he's, he's going to overheat, let's get him out of this sweater yeah. and pulled it off of him and probably chased him in the corner <laughs> where we found, in, in the room he never goes in, where we found it like it wasn't taken off in right. a way that if a dog had gotten themselves out that it would be laid out. It was done by the hands of a human being, it, it, yes. whether dead or well alive. Well-intentioned, but uh Well-intentioned. But scary, scary. It's like, you've never touched me before. (laughs) So, yes, a lot was going on. And then junior year, we all move off campus. We all move into houses, which is so fun. But, man, (laughs) I just can't believe some of the houses that we lived in were so nice. So nice. My house was so nice. I know. And why would they let people in college move there? Because they made a lot of money. (laughs) Because they made a shit ton yeah. of money. So it didn't matter how much beer was left over on the floor yeah. at the end of the year. You're right. Plus having girls Anywho. was
1: probably a safer bet. Yes.
0: Than- and we had – we hired uh, a cleaning lady. We had – God, we had two cleaning ladies and they had almost the same game. Esperanza? I can't remember. No. It was Yolanda and then – it's like Lolanda or like something like oh. that. Uh, they both quit. <laughs>
1: <so>. <laughs> I was going to say I they feel like, like Esperanza was house. the uh, – Everyone used her. Maybe that was after college.
0: Yeah. No, there was another woman who everybody used while we were in college. And unfortunately, I think she passed away while we were in college. Oh, sad. Yeah. She she was dealing with a lot. But anyway, our regular person, she eventually quit. And I think it's because she just didn't like that much square footage (laughs) and to... Be around the smell of beer. It wasn't an easy job. Yeah, But also, maybe it was because she experienced some paranormal activity in here. Because this house, which we call Calahio, was very, very haunted. Marissa's come on the podcast a few times to talk about it. So I'm just kind of quickly go through mm-hmm. it. Um, not in too much detail. But... Corinne, one of the things take that Take all the detail, Like, give us all
1: of it. People like to hear the detail. Uh, especially because... I forget so I much. know. But especially because... We've told all of these stories sporadically throughout the years of the podcast, but having it all in one place yeah. is awesome. I mean, I personally love it because I every time I hear your stories, I feel like I'm hearing them again for the first time. So I bet people will want to hear all the details, whatever okay. you remember.
0: Okay. Well, at Calaheo, I felt generally pretty good there. Mm-hmm. I didn't think there was really anything going on in my room. It felt generally safe. The thing that i was scared most of was actual break ins from human beings because we had some attempted ones i literally had fingerprints that the police came and looked at that were outside of my window where someone was trying to yeah get the window up well there was also so that was a big a peeping tom problem there was a peeping tom yeah there was actually a peeping did he ever get arrested no
1: that's the craziest part so after we graduated it continued and escalated to the point where one group of girls were in their house And one girl was like sitting in her family room and she had like her class had gotten canceled or something like that. So she didn't have class at that time, uh, was sitting in her family room and had the back door open, but like the screen closed. And all of a sudden she sees like a hand opening the door and a man walks inside, sees her, they stare, like they lock eyes and he turns and bolts. And so... They set up a camera. Basically, what they think is this guy
0: had been watching them for so long, he knew their schedules. Definitely, because if he tried to go in when she was supposed to be in class. Yeah. He was trying to go steal some panties or something.
1: So they set up cameras. And, of course, I called the police, set up cameras. And the police were like, we can't really do anything because we don't know who it is. There's no one. Anyway, so they were like, well, we'll take matters into our own hands. They set up cameras. They literally had, they got footage of this man getting a ladder, climbing up to the camera, turning it away, and then him. Could you see his face? I think that they did, they could enough, and they took it to
0: the police, and then, and I think there was not, still nothing was done. This is such an LAPD thing because they have so much going on that they ignore other things that feel like such big things. Because remember when someone tried to abduct me into sex slavery? Yes. That's at least my thing. Or maybe to kill me. Was was it it one person or a couple? It was a man and a woman. The woman was like, come here. Come here. We have your friend in the backseat. She's drunk. Come help her out. It's so fucked. And I was like trying to take pictures of – I got their license plate. Anyway, the LAPD, they never called me back. They are like, okay, uh, okay, you crazy person calling us at 2 a.m. I'm like, I'm literally, I wasn't even drinking that night. But that's so infuriating that, like, they have evidence. They have proof. I had 30 witnesses from, like, a party 10 right. houses down or whatever. That's so scary. Mm-hmm. Honestly, they should, if they still have that footage, they should freaking post it on TikTok. You, I do think you they were someone, posting them. Posted post it on TikTok. I
1: know. I think they, I mean, this was how many years ago now? Gosh, we graduated so long ago. But yeah, I don't know what happened to that footage.
0: Hmm. Ugh. Yeah. So basically, when you move off campus, some of the scariest things are other people. Yes, definitely. And so that was really my fear in Colegio. But that changed a little bit <laughs> when on the second floor. So I've described this before, but our house setup was that the first floor. There were four bedrooms. The second floor, there was one bedroom, and that is also where the living room, the kitchen, and the dining room were. Mm-hmm. It was on the, the bluff, so like the cliff side. I think everything was set up that way so that you would have a view of the ocean, which we did. Um, but when we were – when I was upstairs at night, I saw multiple times, maybe like five times total, probably less than, three or four. I saw in the reflection of the windows, which our entire second story was windows all right. around. very when a stranger called. Big windows. Yes. And we were up high. So I never was scared of looking out because I'm like, who am I going to see unless someone's floating 30 feet? <laughs> Which would be terrifying. Which would be terrifying. But I didn't really ever consider that as something scary. So, or a, as a right. possibility. But a few times in the reflection of the windows, when I'd be upstairs alone, I would see this dark shadow figure that was like four feet tall darting around. And I couldn't see it in its actual form, like in front of me, but I would see its reflection. In the windows going around. So I was like, "Ooh, hopefully nothing happens and yeah. this doesn't go anywhere because this is super spooky. And I've had plenty of experiences in my childhood homes with shadow people. And I don't want to mess around with them because if they escalate things, like they can be very right, scary. Right. So I just kind of took note but didn't tell a single person because I knew everyone would be scared. Brianna at this point had told us, do not tell me anything that happened <laughs> after living with me and Marissa for two years. She was like, I don't want to know. I don't oh. want to be scared of my own home. So I'm like, zip lip. I'm not telling. a yep. I don't know. Two months pass since I've seen these, this thing a few times. And Marissa and I are driving. I don't know where we're going. CPK, <laughs> Mendocino Farms. We're going somewhere. It's just her and I. And she says something where she's like, so I don't know like, how to describe this, but I've been feeling really weird. I feel like there's this Thing. And I was like, "Is it a dark ah! four foot tall shadow figure?" And she was like, "Yes." And her experience with it was that she was in the second story where I had been seeing it darting in the windows. She was in the second story in that bedroom, which is where she—it was her bedroom—and in the bathroom, she was getting ready, and she basically like saw, felt it, and it pushed her head forward. Shoved Again, her so aggressive. From the so aggressive. Then we have an alpha fee formal or SIGEP formal. We were at some sort of fraternity sorority mm-hmm. event. And I came back a little bit early. I think I got back at like midnight. I took the f- first bus back. And me and my friend Jonathan, Jonathan went to every single event with me. We were really good friends in college. And so Jonathan and I are just like hanging out for an hour and an hour or so in anticipation of other people coming home soon off the The other buses that were shuttling people back, Mm -hmm. and the door, the front door, opens downstairs because remember the living room is the second story. The entrance to the house is the first story. The door opens, and we hear like a ding, 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 like metal dropping, and then we hear "hello," and we're like, "Marissa, we're we're up here." She rushes up. She's white as a ghost. She's so concerned. She had come back early as well. Mm -hmm. And she, Brianna had given her her keys. And Brianna remembers religious and she had the St. Anthony charm on her keys that she could pray to St. Anthony if she lost her keys. And Marissa had them so that she could get into the house early. And when she went from just outside of our doorframe and went through our doorframe, the St. Anthony charm that is made of metal dropped off of the keychain. It's the only thing. And then when you actually looked at them, none of the links were broken. It was impossible for – and we were like looking for a missing metal link. Like how did this come undone? There was no explanation, but it just simply dropped off. So we were like, ooh, this isn't good. If there's saints and religious artifacts that are supposed to be protective now being removed from your person, Marissa, I think you need a little extra something, something. So I went and got my gold cross necklace that I got from when I was like confirmed or something. (laughs) And I put it around her and me and Jonathan – poor Jonathan. He was like, what the hell is (laughs) happening? But we sat on the side of her bed and I made her close her eyes and do the whole ribbon wrapping meditation. And it worked. Like that thing didn't ever come back and hurt her. But I do believe I missed one part of this story, which was sometime before this, there was another text message that was written out on her phone And it had some word in it that we didn't know what that word meant. And when we looked it up and kind of dug a bit deeper, it essentially meant a cluster of freckles. And Marissa has a cluster of freckles. It's like a a darker brown birthmark sort of like cluster of freckles thing on her arm. So we're like, you're marked, girl. Like, this is horrible. Like, clearly something is dark. Well, okay. Is Marissa the
1: one who had the alien experience and was like dragged across the carpet? Mm -hmm. So –
0: no, that was Nikita. Oh, okay. But Marissa also okay. had an alien.
1: Experience. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, then it's very possible Marissa is marked and that this shadow being is like an alien.
0: Yeah, because she's – Marissa – I mean, I think we've read her story a few times, a few different alien ones that Marissa sent in, but – yeah, she remembers like w- what feels like a dream state, but is also sort of real, and kind of thought that maybe it could be some sort of alien abduction. Right. But speaking of aliens, yes, <laughs> Ugh. we were. I love this story. At Colegio, um, and I, so Colegio, technically, I lived legally in a brothel because <laughs> in our county. We all did. Any house that has more than six women is considered a brothel. It's a so really ridiculous. old rule that's never been yeah. changed. And so there were seven of us. I mean, like people were were studying abroad and stuff. And so there there was usually only like five people at a mm-hmm. time in the house. But this was a s- summer, so a lot of us, almost all of us, were home. And a couple people were coming over. Two of our other friends that were a year younger than us in Alpha Phi. And they were coming over just to hang out. And it's daylight; it's like 4 p.m. And we're all sitting on the couch, which we had three couches because my friend Jordan, her like aunt, was a house stager or something. And so basically, our house was sweet because we didn't have necessarily like a modge podge of items. Right. Like her aunt came and grabbed everything from her like warehouse and set up our house. So like a nice. Well put together person's home, so ours was fancy. It like was we had fancy. Nice stuff. Yeah, we had like portraits of fruit, giant fruit bowls. Like it was really, really. we, should, we didn't deserve to be <laughs> there, but we were all sitting on these three couches that are facing the row of. Windows, and we're hanging out, waiting for the other two girls to come. One of them comes, we're still waiting for another girl, and now we're sitting there. And there's a big green flash like our entire living room just turns green, and it's daytime. So, we're like, What in the hell just happened? Was there like a freaking atomic bomb (laughs) dropped in the ocean? So, we're rushing to the windows and we're looking out, we're like, We can't figure it out. Like what is going on? Within 5 minutes there's a helicopter going around Marina Del Rey, but that didn't really mean anything. So we were yeah. like still trying to figure it out. We go out on our deck. So the second floor had a deck so we could look out, I guess probably look out at the ocean. And as we're out there, we turn and to the left, we see a freaking UFO. This is it literally looked like a normal like what what you're used to seeing a UFO saucer look like, except it wasn't really silver, it was much more black. Hmm. It was kind of more like obsidian color. Like I remember it being pretty graphite. Oh, it was pretty dark. Oh. But there there were like the lights on the bottom and it was in that sort of saucer-like shape. And it was just hovering there. And it was huge. Like oh, how would I describe it? I'm trying to think of how to measure how to measure things. It might be – I mean it was maybe 10 blocks away from us hovering in the sky. And it looked like it was probably – two and a half to three school buses long oh and that's from so a distance it so big. it's
1: got to be bigger than yeah. that yeah yeah
0: it was big well I mean that's like what I would estimate it to actually look like okay. so I'm not good at measurements yeah and math but it was big it was way bigger than a normal car yeah. <laughs> like it was bigger than my apartment <laughs> I don't know it was large and it's just staying there and it's hovering there and we're all watching it and we're freaking out and then my roommate taylor who was a film major she goes and grabs her camera and she's like i'm gonna film this shit i'm begging her to not film it i'm like please don't film it they're gonna know because i was just convinced like it's so close it has a direct there was no trees even obstructing our view we had a perfect view of Mm -hmm. it i was so nervous that they were going to see that we were filming them that we were all going to be abducted marked i was so scared To the point that I texted my family a goodbye text. I truly thought we were going to be abducted. I was like, this is going to sound bizarre, but we're literally watching a UFO. It is very close to our house. I love you guys so much if I'm abducted. There's nothing to be concerned about because there's literally nothing you can do about this UFO, so don't be scared. But if I go missing, it is because I've been abducted by a UFO. I
1: like that that instills so much fear in you. And for me, it would be like... God, take me.
0: God, take me. No, I was scared shitless. But I, I mean, I guess you were probably like Taylor. Taylor was just fascinated, like trying to film it. And I was like, no. It's like the song, and Jesus, that- Take
1: the Wheel. And I'm like, aliens take the Jesus wheel. Jesus,
0: take the wheel. Yes. Yes. That- <laughs> I wonder if you had been over that day. I wonder how you would have reacted. I would have taken you off sprinting. would have on yeah. foot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Don't leave without me. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna coming. get a closer look. Just runs <laughs> towards it. Well, so the other girl at this point, when we're watching the UFO, the other our other friend arrives and she gets out of her car. We scream, bloody murder! Run! Get out! We are – she's watching six girls panic <laughs> up above her. And so she's panicking now. She's like, you know, in Scooby-Doo when they're trying to run from the bad guy and they're, like, not really yeah. moving because they're so Zoet, scared and they're running Scoob. in place. Like, she was, like, really stuck, like, oh, oh, like, trying to get to the door because she was so terrified. But she gets in and we're like, there's a freaking UFO in that commotion of us looking away from it. And looking back, it's gone. But – What we'd also noticed when we had been looking at it to the left was that out on the ocean, there had been two lights that were hovering far in the distance in the ocean that were not airplanes and were not moving their position. And so once we had looked away from the large UFO that we were seeing up Mm -hmm. close and then looked back, it was gone. And then when we looked out to the ocean, there was a third light. And this was maybe four seconds. It's
1: just I mean, we're going to open up a whole conversation about aliens, and maybe we don't need to do that in this very episode, but Mm -hmm. it's just so mind-boggling about how advanced these alien species are and how we believe ourselves to be the most advanced, like, being, and we clearly are not.
0: No, and we don't even know for sure on Earth, like... There are so many creatures that are so, – like elephants, dolphins, who knows what other creatures we haven't even discovered yet that could be far superior to what we – and are we even superior? No. Honestly? No. Like if we think about it, we've destroyed a lot of We're things. cockroaches. <laughs> I don't know. Little parasites yeah. on planet Earth. Yeah, Yeah. Yes, but it is one of those things where like we're always like – oh, I mean, I say we, not us, but, but many people. It was a, a collective – Understanding that we were the most intelligent species yeah. and that it's impossible for anything else to be even remotely as smart as us on another planet. We're dumb, small minded. Lutorous. Yep. Just us and our little pea brains on planet little Earth. Pea Please pea leave brains. us alone, <laughs> aliens. We cannot compete. <laughs> I just saw us and our pea brains. But yeah, so there was some stuff that went down. <laughs> yeah, just just some, yeah. <laughs> just some stuff. Just some stuff. I graduate. We move out of Colegio. I moved to West Hollywood with Brianna, and we were going to some event. and I can't remember what it was, but I was already down in the Marina del Rey, Westchester area, and she had been getting off of like a audition or something. and she. She was coming to meet us. And so she was like five hours delayed behind mm-hmm. me. And I was like, oh, shoot, can you bring my camera? I forgot my camera. So she grabbed – and when I said my camera, I meant like my big Canon camera because I used to take photos all the right. time. And I really want to get another one because my moving company stole <gasps> that, ca- that oh, that's camera really from sad. me when I moved. Yeah. So I just haven't really had like the – I guess the motivation or or the funds mm-hmm. to buy that nice-ass camera again. But anyway – I was like can you go get my big camera and she was like yeah yeah i got you and then when she arrived to where i was she had a tale to tell despite not believing in ghosts she experienced something She grabbed the camera and she put it in the middle of our table. I'm literally recording from the same table. It is four feet wide, five feet in length. She put it smack dab in the middle in our apartment complex. She heard something while she was getting ready in her bathroom. And she came out and she found my camera in the middle of the living room floor placed down, like 10, 15 feet away. Mm -hmm. So she was a little freaked out.
1: I feel like Brianna believes but doesn't want to. Like it's it's what we talk about with a lot of people who are – non-believers it's just like this it's so scary it's better to say you know what it's not real none of this is actually happening or there's a logical explanation because that's easier to tell yourself than
0: it absolutely face is. the fear it's less scary right because then you can just you don't have to digest what happened and take it with you for the rest yeah. of your life you can just say that was weird and move on to <laughs> do yeah to do yes I mean, she's such a supporter of us, with this podcast too, she always texts me and says congrats about no. certain things or like, can't believe you get to do this still, this is so incredible, but she will not It's like Allie. She's scared. Like their other friend yes. Allie.
1: Refuses to listen. People are
0: scared. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Ghost stories are scary. Brian can't listen <laughs> either. Brian's scared. It's okay to be scared. <laughs> One time we were like, oh, should we, well, you had, you had pitched it, you were like, should we have Brian and Nick come on and tell some stories? And I asked Brian and he was – he's too scared. He can't <laughs> – he doesn't want to read them. He doesn't want to hear them. He doesn't want to know that, that someone even has experienced Aww. anything paranormal. <laughs> he can't. Nope. No. So – but now he's with me. <laughs> so
1: and so he's he bound to experience something you know, You know he loves you because for your birthday, you guys – he took you on a ghost tour.
0: That's true. Yes. He did a lot of research. I'm sure he probably looked up every story they were going to tell so that he didn't get he scared prepared. in the moment and was trying to to not pay attention <laughs> during the tour. Um, but yes, no, that really – I think I cried when he Aww. told me where were are going. I was like, wow, you really love me. <laughs> like, for you to be so scared of something and Still then, be willing. Because I love mm-hmm. it. That's that's so sweet. Yeah. was very nice. It's very nice. He's a nice lad. Nice (laughs) Nice boy. I guess you should marry (laughs) him. I guess I (laughs) should. I will. All right. So I just have a couple more things that I experienced in California before moving to Massachusetts. Um, And they were mostly premonition type things. I guess one was in college where we were on a bus that was being driven to – I think it was to like Laguna Beach or San Diego – And it was for a fraternity overnight weekend. And I had this terrible gut feeling that we had to get off of the bus. And I could not shake it. And I was like, literally when you watch the Final Destination movies and there's that one person that has the panic attack and the Mm -hmm. freak out and is like, get me off this plane or whatever. That was me. I was like, get me the fuck off this bus. Like, I'm driving myself. And I just grabbed my duffel. It was – the bus was just about to leave. I grabbed my duffel. I said, "I'm, I'm going. I brought Jonathan, who was my date, who I did all of the events with. And then I grabbed two of our other friends. I was like, do you guys want to ride? We'll get there faster. <laughs> like, you guys can do whatever. I'm driving. And took them. 45 minutes into the bus's route, it broke down and everyone was stuck on the side of the highway for many hours. So that was like a weird premonition to I thing. will say
1: I'm very glad that it was just that because had it been something more terrifying and devastating. But yeah. Yeah.
0: I was friends with everybody right. on that bus. That would have, no. Yeah. That, that was been like bad. a
1: convenience premonition. It was like. You're going to get stuck on the freeway. It was a convenience. Yeah. Totally. Yeah.
0: But also maybe it is some weird final destination where maybe if I had been on the bus, something about my presence being on the bus, maybe we would have missed one more red light or something and then everyone would have died. You saved I everyone know. then. That, that's I just <laughs> needed, to get, uh, I needed to get off the You're bus. You're a hero. And I needed to get to that hotel and in that hot tub <laughs> and to start drinking. That's what I needed in college. I was not down to wait on no. the side of a highway. no, no, no. And then I had a few more premonitions. <laughs> this is this person's never going to listen to the podcast, so I'll just say it. But I was seeing someone, dating-ish someone after college, and they had a very bad allergy to peanuts. And I was out to lunch with – and we worked together. And I was out to lunch That's with a bunch of people. That's all I have to say. <laughs> we, I, I wasn't a good – here's the thing. I like don't. I learned so much from previous relationships that I was in, but I also wasn't like the best person to be with either. Okay, there was yeah, a lot of this, neuroticism that came from me, but I guess as a result of the instability, yeah, that Corinne, was presented. This
1: no, you have nothing. There's no blame to be put on you for this one. <laughs>
0: there's no. Not, I should have. Yeah. It was at a time where I would, I knew I was moving back to Massachusetts, so I let it kind of go on for longer cuz I knew there was a deadline. <laughs> Let's just say it reiterates the fact like
1: when I met Brian, I was just like it did uh, here's the thing. It was not hard to get better than what you had experienced in the past, but meeting Brian, I was like, "Holy shit, this is exactly who you've who you should have
0: been with the whole yeah. time." Well, that was – it was because it was – I spent four years of dating. And I think it was because each person I dated out, out in California was was like an upgrade <laughs> of how they treated me from the last person. We're just so none sad. none of them were good. None of them were good. No, they were not. So when I moved here, I was like – I had a real big moment. I was like, this is my chance to like – I got to check all the boxes or it's not happening. I'm not going to just – I've learned enough lessons. Right. It's, I'm going to be really intense about this. And look so, at you know, anywho, but point being is I had a weird premonition type feeling. It wasn't really a premonition. It was more just like a feeling in the moment when we were out at a work lunch and he was back at the office. I was like, I have to get back to the office. And I was having that panic that came up in me the same that I had at the bus where I was like, something horrible is happening. Something's horrible is happening. I have to get back. I literally called an Uber. Like I had the app up. I was like pressing the like call Uber mm-hmm. and his friend who was next to me was like, calm down. Like, we're going to go back soon. Like, it's fine. Like, just wait 10 minutes and we'll be back at the office. Like, we're literally paying the check. But I was like, I need to be there now. Anywho, we get back to the office and he was being taken to the hospital from (laughs) allergic reaction. And then the same person, I had a gut feeling. I woke up in the middle of the night and it was like, they're sleeping with someone. And I looked on Snapchat maps and watched them in their little Uber car go to this person's house. And then the next morning, it's like, what were you up to? And, of course, li- lies. But anyway, don't fuck with witchy people. Because yeah. they will find out. <laughs> the spirits will awaken them and tell them. What on I you. love about
1: that is that you have, you clearly have a guardian who's like, Corinne, you got to face the truth here. Yeah. Wake don't be up.
0: Here are the receipts wake up
1: wake up from this yeah.
0: stupid
1: relationship get out
0: it wasn't it was a situation ship it wasn't even yeah a relationship yeah it was a it was a convenience ship they all were <laughs> like, like what are we talking about they were so abusive oh my god Uh I've shielded my parents from so many of the details because their hearts, I think, would combust and and hurt if they knew that all the lessons they tried to teach me were thrown out the window. (laughs) With all of my college, it's so hard. It's so easy to
1: like overlook things, and I think sometimes we confuse chemistry with connection, and it's not all about attraction. Like it's it's so much more about Mm -hmm. how someone treats you, what their values are. And how they, yeah, how they treat you is is such a big thing.
0: Yeah. And I also was, like, my college relationship was really unhealthy. And part of the reason I think that went on so long was because I was one of those people who was put in that position of, like, I first thought, like, oh, well, I'm a really strong and solid person. Mm-hmm. So despite everything that they've been through in their difficult life, like, I can be their one solid person. I can prove to them that, like, things can be good. Like, I can save them. And then it happened for a little too long, and then other people that were close to that person also said the same sort of narrative yeah. to me, which was like, if you walk away, if you cut this off completely, I'm scared of what they'll do to themselves sort of Ugh. thing. So it was a really tough... Which is such an unfair... Well, I moved to Massachusetts, so I got away yeah. from Massachusetts. <laughs> what an unfair
1: <laughs> position to put you in. That's not cool. And and I feel like yeah. so many people can relate yeah, to this. Yeah,
0: but we were all young I know, immature, I know. But
1: that's but, still... Yes. I think this is a lesson for anyone who's listening. If you see your friends in unhealthy, terrible places, relationships, whatever it may be, offer them help and tell them they don't need to be in those anymore. Like they can they can find something better.
0: Well, you know, here's a silver lining mm-hmm. to all those terrible relationships that people watch me go through. It has been for certain friends that I have that also are going through dating and experiencing people that aren't necessarily like people that they should really be with. But it's, it's hard dating. You're like, am I giving enough of myself? Am I not? Right. Am I overthinking this? Am I underthinking this? It has been such an easy default for me to be like, well, remember when I was dating this person? Now knowing that you're in a similar situation- why don't you just take everything you told me and just apply it to yourself right now? And they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's so wild. You didn't want to watch your friend go through it. So why would you put yourself through it? It's so
1: wild it? the things that we tell ourselves in our brain to justify what we're going through, despite mm-hmm. the fact if like a friend or someone else was going through it, you would have a completely different opinion
0: absolutely and it's so hard because everyone convinces themselves no one understands yeah. what i'm going through i'm in this by myself and you push other people out or you just ignore all of their advice because you're like well they don't understand this person they they're i'm a unique situation you're not though yeah. no one is everyone has experienced everything that everyone else has well, well not, not everyone, everything but like <laughs> yeah it's it's everything has been experienced yeah, by someone else that you're going through. So that should make you feel less lonely, but also know that, that some of the things that you're being told, you got to listen to yeah. as much as... It, it just, it does take time, Which right? no one's going to listen to me saying <laughs> this because like the point is you don't listen right. and you have you to You have learn. to
1: make decisions for yourself. And I feel like a lot of the times people aren't willing to do things until they themselves realize they need to do it. But I think the biggest takeaway I have gotten from therapy and, you know, who am I to offer expertise to anyone, but... This has been really helpful to me is if I'm in a situation that I have questions about, I either think about how I would react if a friend was going through that and like what I would offer them as advice or two other options. How my, like if I saw my younger self going through that, like my inner child, how would I react? How would I want to help them? Or if I had a child, how would mm-hmm. I want to help mm-hmm. them through that? And how would I want, how would I want them to change their situation?
0: See, that last part is what really fucked me up when I was going through all this stuff because I was doing the – well, if this person – that is hurting me was my child. How would I want them to be supported and not abandoned? And that just like fed me in the wrong right, way. Yeah. To self-abandon. I was like, everybody has a parent. You don't want to abandon you know, them, like, but you're going to self-abandon to to help take care of them. Yeah. That's what I did. Totally. Yeah, been there. Yeah. been. And there. then I remember specifically someone who was two years younger than me in a fraternity that I was friendly with walked up to me one time. It was like towards the end of that really bad mm-hmm. relationship in college. He walked up to me when I was in the gym and he said, are you okay? You look." dead Aww. like he was like you're like dead it's like oh shit <laughs> i gotta change something here wow and then we broke up and then i spent two months only drinking boba coffee and um the coffee cakes from the uh, those boba were cart in so front of the theater. good so i just lived off of sugar and tapioca balls <laughs> and it was glorious, glorious. <laughs> no it was bad but but healing now. healing process it's healing. And speaking of healing, I need to still heal from my very last. Well, I guess I have two more experiences and then I'll just leave it. Leave it. it. So Part three. Because there's there's well, I'm sure in five years I'm going to have a part three. I think less than that. But yeah, go ahead. The the last premonition I had, which I, I can't even call them premonitions. It's more of like well, I guess they kind of are. When I was moving to Massachusetts, my parents flew out. They're helping put all of my stuff, like we hired a moving Mm -hmm. company to bring all of my stuff to Boston and we're loading it all into the truck. And I just had the worst feeling. And I was like, we can't do this. We can't. Like, I need – I was literally panicked. I was like, Dad, you and I are going to rent a car. We're going to put everything in the back, and we're going to drive cross-country. It's fine. We'll take shifts. It will only take us, like, two and a half, three days max. Like, we're going to be good. We cannot put it in this truck. And I just felt so strongly, and it was, like, literally, like, okay, well, this thing is leaving in 12 hours. What do you mean? We already paid for it. Like, this is crazy. Anyway, we put it in the truck, and then the moving company stole all my stuff, so. (laughs) Did they steal everything? That was another thing. No, just all the expensive stuff, so. What did you end up doing? Like, how did did you... I filed a police report locally when I moved to Medford, Massachusetts. I went and filed a police report against the company. My dad was, like, filing stuff on Better Business Bureau. There was nothing we could do because... Like, unless you're going to spend money to, like, actually... Right, get a lawyer and stuff. Create like a lawsuit against them. And it wasn't – and I did have moving insurance. So that was helpful because they stole probably – I don't even remember. It was like something like $3,000 worth of – That's so fucked up. Honestly, it was probably more than that because I had my camera. That's so messed up. My camera. And it was like a leather – bag that I bought from this leather shop in Madrid Uh, that I had been holding on to and didn't use at all when I was in college because I was like, it's going to get stains on it. It's going to get beer. Like, I'm going to use this when I like have my shit together. And like, they stole my expensive leather bag that was like my, my marker of like, I'm finally And also
1: like a token of your travels and like memento. This reminds me of, and I think you followed it or I told you to follow it. Um, Chris loves Julia when they moved cross country they had mm-hmm. all of their stuff basically st- like held yeah in captivity held ransom yeah.
0: <laughs> yes at least i mean it was awful what happened to them but at least they had at least they had the, like the means and yeah. money to to basically like threaten the moving company back and that the moving company had their stuff and was like okay fine yes we do have stuff like we'll deliver it here or whatever but i don't think they got
1: everything back i don't back. know i don't know that they got everything back i also don't know cuz they ended up Paying a significant amount of money to this company to try to get their stuff back, and I—I I mean, they yeah. kept record of everything. I and I know that they were filing a lawsuit, but I don't know if they've gotten all their money back.
0: Probably not. It was awful, and like this moving company too. Like the reason we had chosen them was because what they had guaranteed was that once your stuff is put on the truck, it's never removed from the truck. It stays on Lies. the truck, and it just goes like just more people's stuff is added to the to the back. But no, it was multiple – and the only reason we found out that this wasn't true was, one, because half my stuff didn't arrive. Yeah. Two, all my boxes were, b- like, broken into. So what did arrive had been ripped open. And number three, the people who arrived are, like, these really, <laughs> like, intense, scary-looking people that came up from New York City. And they're, like, you got this stuff. And I was, like, you mean the cash for the delivery? And they're, like, yeah. I'm, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, how did you – did you drive out from California? And they're like, what do you mean no? And they're the ones that told me like, no, we got this delivery from Nashville, Tennessee or whatever. And so it, it was like clearly moved multiple times. It's so messed across. up. It is. It's like – it makes me – unless there's something that prevents you from being able to – move your stuff cross country. I just like wouldn't trust any movers. I would, I wish I did have a thought after this happened. I was like, I should create my own moving company. That's like the one trustworthy (laughs) moving company where your stuff won't get stolen. Cause I feel like it's really hard to find one. Well, the hard
1: thing is that that's reliable. You like the owner of the company might be reliable, but it's, you don't know necessarily where the, the bad parts of the company are coming from.
0: I mean, I guess to start sales because they said it's never going to leave this one truck and it did. So that was a lie. Yeah. There's just a lot. I mean, I think it was like a, just a thing that they did, but yeah, all, anything that I had that was expensive. I mean, that's just,
1: you clearly have, your gut tells you a lot of good information and if anything that teaches you to next time, trust, trust it.
0: Yes. The last thing I'll end us on was a dating horror story that everyone oh, already yes. heard. When I lived in Medford, mm-hmm. I went on a few dates with this guy, and it was pretty good. And I think it was like New Year's Eve or something. We'd been on a few dates. And New Year's Eve, he came over after. And there was like a few of us decompressing uh-huh. in the New Year's Eve evening or whatever. And he'd been at a party nearby. So he came over, and he ended up sleeping over. And we, in the middle, and also, I don't know why I feel like I have to tell everybody this because no one's my parents, and <laughs> need to... To, like, tell anyone this, but, like, we didn't hook up.
1: Okay. (laughs) I also like that you got a little bit quieter when you said hook
0: up. We didn't. (laughs) (laughs) He came over and he just – I mean, we were, like, super drunk. Well, I think he was. I wasn't. Um, But he he slept over. And then in the middle of the night, I woke up because he was standing and staring out my bedroom window. And I eventually said something. And then he was like, "Oh, oh, okay. Got back to bed. I was like, oh, he must be sleepwalking. And then a little while later, I hear him in the – well, I'm misremembering parts of this. I don't remember if he woke up again and went to the bathroom or if I was just like, do you have to pee? Like, what's going – I think that's what happened. Mm. I'm pretty sure I was like, what's going on? Like, do you have to pee or something? And he's like, oh. And I walked into my bathroom. And that would make sense because I was standing outside of the bathroom door and I was just hearing him go through all my shit. And I was like, are you done? And I, like, basically opened the door and was like, all right. Time to go back to bed and brought him back to bed. And then a little while later, I wake up because I have to pee. And I go to pee. And when I exit my bedroom door, I see a crouching, dark, demonic little figure that's waiting outside of my room. And I don't look at it, but I can, like, see it in my peripherals. I don't look at it. I ignore it. I walk by really calmly and go to the bathroom I'm like, maybe it will be gone when I get back. Maybe that was just like a weird shadow and I'm going to see when I'm back that that was like a duffel bag or something. And I come back and no, it's a crouching little demon. And then in the morning, I was like, oh, that was so weird. You were sleepwalking in the middle of the night. And he goes, no, I wasn't. I was awake. I remember all that. And it was the most bizarre behavior. And I can't even remember all the things he like said and did, but it was very concerning. Yeah, I don't like that. And he had a demon attached to him. So,
1: Or was it... It also could be something mimicking a demon to warn you that, like, this guy is bad news.
0: Oh, maybe. Either way. Maybe. It was quite bizarre. It's good that
1: it showed itself to you because, I mean, on top of the strange behavior, that I think is a clear indication. Like, no, no. Stay away. Stay as far yeah. away as possible.
0: Yeah, I was supposed to be upgrading from this relationship, <laughs> I wasn't supposed to be suddenly with someone who but demonic. But I will say,
1: Corinne, I am proud of you because... I think, given your experiences in the past, you grew from them and set your standards so much higher that when you experience this with him, you're like, nope, bye. Boy, yeah. bye.
0: I didn't ignore any red flags, no, let's say. Nor should you. I'll just say that.
1: Yeah. As
0: soon as I I left those relationships in California, one red flag, out, yeah. out. I was very strict with it, and I'm proud of myself Proud of you, that. too. Anywho, that's my haunted <laughs> and horrifying dating history.
1: <laughs> we had a friend, and I won't say her name just because... I don't know that she would allow me to, but I don't know if I've told you this story. We had a friend who was dating and she similarly had gone on like a couple dates with this one guy. They like mm-hmm. were super connected, both like physically attracted, mentally attracted to each other and like got along really well. And they go out on like maybe the fourth date and they go and get beers. They're having a couple drinks and he's like, I live nearby. Like, do you want to just come over after for another drink? She's like, yeah. Great. Like I've spent enough time with this guy where I feel safe. They go back to his place and like almost immediately something shifts in this guy and they start having a conversation about something more serious and they are disagreeing about like their, their opinions are different, which is absolutely okay. And he just continues to shift. And at one point he looks at her with like his eyes just go empty. And he was like, are you scared of me?
0: (gasps) Oh That's when I would grab out my little knife from my purse and
1: pew, pew, yeah, pew. like
0: I think she. I mean, I think she left immediately, but terrifying because yeah, that is so scary, especially the shift in people's eyes. Eyes, eyes are such a indicator. Oh yes, ah,
1: people are scary. I mean,
0: did she like report him to Bumble or Hinge or something like that? I don't know. I don't know. That is terrifying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I reported someone on the dating app. I reported a few people. Good. Definitely had a few people that were like trying to be stalker murder-esque, but that is terrifying. Especially it's like it's what was that movie about cannibalism where like she goes on a great date and it's so amazing. Huh? Uh, Army Hammer? This woman. No, no, no. No, that's the real real life. I'm talking about movies. That's the movie star that is a cannibal in (laughs) real life. I'm talking about. No, it was oh my god, what is it? Not I have to look this up. No. I don't know. Fresh. Oh, I haven't seen it. I've heard really good things. <gasps> oh my god, you have to watch it. Okay, it's on Hulu. That's my evening activity. You have to watch it. Okay, it's so good. But basically, it's like you think you know someone, and someone is super amazing, and they don't let down the dark side of them until it's too late for you. Scary, which is a terrifying, terrifying Very. thing. I'm glad that your friend got out. I know. You have to tell me who it is. After yeah, the yeah. So, <laughs> I'm curious. <laughs> I will. Alrighty, folks. Alrighty, alrighty. Thank you so
1: much for sharing all of your stories with us, Corinne. I feel yeah. like you left some out, so I might beg for a part three. I
0: did. No, 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 no. <laughs> but not unless you have a part two. I do. I actually do. But they're oh, not okay. Perfect. The, part,
1: my part two is not going to be my stories. My part two is going to be my mostly my dad's stories and some of my mom's because I love my that. dad actually just texted me this morning and was like i want to tell you the whole story of my past wait let me see what he said also i think people know my dad is so paranormally yeah
0: okay he said there's like two beings living within his one body yeah
1: he said i want to share with you the whole story about reincarnation and why the hindus cremate the bodies of their dead Hmm. so sounds like he has a lot of information to share with me
0: yeah you have to talk to him and then we'll record an episode soon Yes, after.
1: yes. That sounds good. I'll take notes of our conversation.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, we love you. Thank you for coming. Yes. Uh, don't say mean things to me about my stories <laughs> in the comments. Just love me and support me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> We're human. We will see you, see you on the other, other side. side. Very spooky.